Got to talk to my parents last night. They're usually online, so mom and dad. Uh, and we have some big things coming up in our households, uh, big celebrations. My uh, dad is turning 80, uh, yes, very soon. And so we uh, got to talk a little bit in September. So we're, gonna, we're talking about how we're going to celebrate and what we're going to do. And then uh, in October, I will have my 50th birthday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why? Yeah, that's great. Uh, and so I will be in Kenya on my, what's that? That's my month too. We'll celebrate together. And you're 50 as well, right? Miss Elaine? What's that? 50 plus. 50 plus. Okay. Be 50 plus. And so uh, I was talking to my mom last night and she said they were thinking about having a surprise party for me because I'll be in Kenya. <laughs> I love surprise parties. Uh, so we, we're looking forward to celebrating. And so when we come to Pentecost, we are thinking about uh, another kind of celebration, but it's not quite like birthdays at all. It's hard to describe, in fact. It, it's not... Probably the closest thing we have to Pentecost and what we're used to celebrating is maybe Thanksgiving, but it's not quite there either. Sometimes you maybe uh, watched a little uh, video of some guy, street reporter on the street, walking up to people and asking them questions of things they ought to know, right? They would say, <laughs> they would say things like, uh, uh, who, uh, what, did, what, did this, uh, what did Columbus discover? Or, uh, or they'll say, when do you celebrate 4th of July? And, and they'll, they'll be perplexed, you know. I, I don't, mm. I think it's after, I think it's after Easter, you know, something like that. And so here we are at Pentecost, and I feel like if the street reporter would come to us, we might give some kind of lame answer. And I would hate for that to be the case, because Pentecost is extremely rich, and we want to do a fantastic job of celebrating that today. Pentecost is a celebration for the harvest, but it's also a celebration of the harvesters. And it's also a looking into the fields and considering the harvest to come. That's Pentecost for you. And so most of us, don't pick grain or anything. Like most of us go to HEB, right? That's about, that's the extent of our harvesting is going on the fruit aisle, you know? But so we don't have the same kind of rhythm. So we, we miss some of, of this uh, prescribed celebration that has been around for thousands of years for the people of God. And so we want, to, we want to begin to recapture some of the beauty of Pentecost today by maybe doing a better job of finding out what it's all about and celebrating in a way that would be more keeping with the beauty in which God created it. We start today by reading from Acts chapter 1, 6 through 8. This is uh, uh, the time of Pentecost, and it is the, preparation, the time of preparation for Pentecost when Jesus leaves, is going to leave the earth, he's saying these words to disciples. So this is like day 40 um, after the resurrection. So when they had come together, they asked him, when the disciples had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you 
at this time restore the kingdom of Israel. He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or seasons the Father has fixed by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit come upon, comes upon you, and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And so then Jesus ascends into heaven, and as the disciples are looking kind of dumbfounded around, the, the angels say to him, what are you looking for? <laughs> he, will, he will come down as he has ascended. And so there is anxious anticipation that Jesus will return. But Jesus has made this promise. In the meantime, you should expect soon that the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And then we skip to, the, uh, to uh, Acts chapter 2, verse 1, a few verses later. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. The day of Pentecost. Why were the disciples together? They were together to celebrate. In Hebrew, the word is Shavuot. Shavuot. This is the uh, celebration of the harvest. This word is actually, it means the festival of weeks. So there are a bunch of weeks during the harvest season. The, both the wheat and the barley harvest, they are completed at this time. So you have all of the, the produce, all the things that you've been waiting for have come to fruition, and now you are able to receive those. And you were to bring those together for the celebration, and it was a, a Sabbath. It was a day in which you didn't work. You had your food prepared, and you partied with God's provision. That's a, that's a beautiful thing, isn't it? And so you look forward to Shavuot. Now, in Greek, the word is Pentecost. And it is 50, that pente is the word for, for five, for 50. Pentecost is another way to describe that same idea, the same, uh, the same numerals, so the, the number, the idea of it's a festival of weeks lasting 49 plus one, which is 50. And so Pentecost just says it, it's just 50 days. And so these are the same ideas, the same thoughts. And would be used in the time of Jesus, you would, you would say either one. It's a celebration of the 50 days after Passover. It's a time of harvest, time for the harvesters, uh, time to thank God. It was Thanksgiving. It was a harvest festival that was uh, begun in the book of Leviticus. So much before the time of Jesus. And as that celebration continued as a regular flow in the life of the Hebrews, as they uh, experienced all kinds of things, it, it was instituted uh, early on in the, it, around the time of the Ten Commandments. It then had an, a, a peculiar, a special uh, celebration after the, the 40 years of wandering. So that was folded into it. The, uh, so it was a marking of both the, the seasons of the harvest but also the season of wandering and this time of now entering into the promised land. It, it, is, it also folded in the, the giving of the Ten Commandments on Mount Sinai. It's a change in season. It's a looking back at God's provision. It's a thankful for what God has given us, and it is a looking forward to something even greater. 
And so in the time when Jesus is celebrating and the disciples are celebrating, this festival of Pentecost has lots of meaning to it. It is, it is a, a remembrance of the harvest. It's a, re- a remembrance of the giving of the Ten Commandments on Mount Sinai. It's a, the remembrance of uh, passing through and getting to, after 40 years of one and going into the promised land. It is, it's a big celebration for them. There's lots to remember. The Ten Commandments. Remember the scene of the Ten Commandments? Moses is going to this mountain with the, the recently removed slaves who've now become freed people. And they are walking in the wilderness and they're, they're trying to discover who they are following Moses who is following God. And so God brings them to this mountain and he, he says, now this is a special place and I want you to set this part as a, a unique place. And there God calls up Moses and calls up the leaders of Israel and there he gives to them the Ten Commandments. And as he is giving them the Ten Commandments, the whole place shakes and there's smoke and there's fire and it's blowing of this ridiculous trumpet and people are just freaked out, honestly. And, and they, they are given the opportunity to come up the mountain and they're like, mm, you go up the mountain. And so Moses goes up the mountain and receives the 10 commandments. And, and these 10 commandments are a game changer for the people of God. Now we have maybe a different experience with the 10 commandments. And we, we think about it maybe differently than the children of Israel. The children of Israel received these Ten Commandments and they were meant to show them the way, to show them God's way, to show them how they might have peace with God, they might have peace with each other, and they might have peace with themselves. You see, the Ten Commandments were able to to explain what is expected of humanity. And that may sound like a, a bunch of rules for us, But if you don't know the rules that guide humanity, it is a joy to receive them. Let me explain. So uh, even this week, I've talked to a couple different people. And we've talked about how the mind, uh, our minds wander, right? And we focus on all kinds of different things. And as we do that, we kind of lose ourselves, right? We start, we start defaulting to our flesh and we think about and think the ways of the world. And so that's why it's so important we go back to the Word of God. As Philippians says, that our mind dwells on these things, things that are lovely and good and just. That becomes a part of who we are. And when our, when our mind is not fixated on these things, the law, then our mind wanders and we forget who we are. We forget the way. And so for, we can understand that. And that's what it meant for the children of Israel. Now they understood what is God's way. They didn't have that before. They were, just, they were just available to all kinds of troubles because they didn't even know what was pleasing to God. They had some ideas, but here is God expressing himself. He's saying these things. They are, they are being written on these stone tablets so they would know the way of God. And so Pentecost was this time to celebrate that God has revealed himself that there is a way to have peace with them. But we also know that there is some problem with the law because the Bible talks about the law not only as a light to us, 
but it also brings about death in us. How does that bring about death? Well, because it shows like this is where you are fallen from the goodness of God. And so in Exodus chapter 19 and 20, where we see the story of of God giving the Ten Commandments to his people, on the one hand, we have this fire-smoking mountain and God giving this provision of his word, revealing himself. But then we also see that the next part of that chapter, the next rules that God gives is for sacrifice. Because he knows they're not going to be able to follow the commandments that he's given. And so he's providing a way out for them. He's providing a way for them to be redeemed. And he, he creates the, the sacrificial system. And so they know already, we're going to fail you in this, but there's a way to get back. But as you know, the, the history of Israel, they didn't follow these laws. They didn't follow the word of God. They, didn't, they weren't faithful in even giving the sacrifices. And this, the, the streets run red with the blood of those sacrifices. And they didn't satisfy. They needed, they needed something more. And so there were these whispers of something more. There was the whispers of Ezekiel chapter 36, 24 through 28, that Brother Bill read just a a few minutes ago. And I'm going to read it to you again. Now, as you listen, I want your ears to be perked up even more. When when the children of Israel are, are in exile, they're away from their sacrifices. They're away from the temple. They are in these little... Uh, synagogues, this word comes to them from the prophet, and it says, I will take you from the nations and gather you from all the countries and bring you into your own land. I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean from all your uncleanness and from your idols. I will cleanse you, and I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and careful to obey my rules. You shall dwell in the land that I gave to your fathers and you shall be my people and I will be your God. You see, when the, children, when the disciples were waiting in this room and they were waiting on Pentecost, what were they waiting for? They were, they were waiting for this grand celebration of the harvest. They were, they were waiting to, to enjoy God's revelation through his scriptures, but they were waiting for something else too. They were waiting on the provision that Jesus said was coming. They were waiting on this new kingdom of God. They were waiting on the celebration of the end of one thing, the fulfillment and the beginning of another. They were waiting on the power of the Holy Spirit. In Numbers eleven twenty nine, 29, it says, Would that all the Lord's people might be prophets when the Lord will put his spirit upon them. They were waiting for something. And it was grander than the Pentecost festival. It was something grander than that. They had great expectations as to what God would do. They had no idea what it would be. But they knew he was up to something great. And then... Acts 2, verse 1 again. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in that one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind. 
and it filled the entire house where they were sitting and divided tongues of fire appeared to them and rested on each of them. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Boom, right? <laughs> that was a big moment. You see, what was happening in those moments was the fulfillment of what Jesus had said to his disciples before he ascended. But it's what he had said back in Matthew chapter 17, chapter 5, verse 17 through 20. He says, do not think that I've come to abolish the law, but I have come, the law and the prophets, I, I have come to fulfill them, to complete them. And so all the things they were doing during Pentecost are finding their fulfillment in Jesus Christ. He says, for truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot. That means like a little bitty mark will pass from the law until it is accomplished. Therefore, whoever re relaxes one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same when will, be called in the, will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I, I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Jesus came to fulfill in the same paragraph when he's explaining to his disciples and explaining to the people around them what they should expect about his place in, in all these feasts and festivals and in the law. He says he did not come to throw away the Ten Commandments, but to fulfill them. To give us hearts that were soft, we might follow. He gives them an impossible task. He says, then, I want you to have a righteousness that is greater than that of the scribes and Pharisees. The scribes and Pharisees were very, very excellent law followers. None of us are going to surpass them that unless you have a new heart, unless the spirit of God is living within you. Unless now you don't desire just to not get away with things, but now you have a desire to be obedient to the things of God. And the righteousness that happened at the cross, the righteousness now is fulfilled in Jesus Christ. He becomes the other part of the Ten Commandments, that sacrifice for us. So now we are complete in Jesus Christ. And now we have a righteousness that far exceeds the scribes and Pharisees because it's not ours, it's Jesus. And we needed Jesus to die on the cross on our behalf to be the atonement, the sacrifice for his people. Now we're a different people. Jesus gives a new covenant. He fulfills what was before. He doesn't abolish it. So when it comes to this, this type of, uh, this new worship, we've adopted a lots of this worship and we've seen how Jesus fulfills our worship. So when we come, we, we don't offer animal sacrifices anymore, right? When we come, we recognize the sacrifice of Jesus. We, we don't offer uh, grain offerings, but we, we take an offering at the end of the service. We make our lives a, a living sacrifice, a, a holy offering to God. We continue to, to prophesy. We speak the word of God in foretelling. And we have festivals. We celebrate Passover. We celebrate Easter. We have, for us, we have these great, if you haven't been around Redeemer, some, some, you've missed some of the best, some of the best stuff happens at our festivals. Our, our Palm Sunday, 
our Monday Thursday, our Good Friday, our Easter service. We come together, we celebrate these, these important festivals of the church, of the people of God. And it's not about in those moments, even the preaching that happens, which, which on Sunday mornings is the, kind of the focus of our time together. But, but it's seen in, in the way that we are celebrating these things that God has done and remembering what he's done and looking forward to his coming again. And so now, Shabbat, our Pentecost, has more meaning for us than ever before, but we're not done yet. The harvest is our celebration, the promise of the power of the Holy Spirit, and the harvest to come is what we look forward to. The early church was looking for, was, was remembering the Ten Commandments, but now we know that we have a new heart. The Ten Commandments were a joy, but they also pointed out the desperate need that we need to be made right through sacrifice. The, the law also shows, uh, shines the light on the hard hearts of humanity, the powerless participation in the work of the flesh. But in Acts 1, it fulfills all those things. Amen. The Spirit comes. Did you see what happened? There, were, there was fire that fell from heaven, rested on the people. Where did the fire fall? Did it fire over the, fall on top of the building? No. It fell on top of their heads. This is the same fire that fell on Mount Sinai. Are you getting this? The word of God revealed. Now, instead of falling on the building or over the pe all the people, the, the, the fire now falls on individuals. Are you seeing the picture here? What he's saying is God has come to commune with you as individuals. The Spirit of God rests upon you to carry out his work. That's good news. Things have changed. There, there's part of this that was not, there's part of the Christian uh, celebration of Pentecost that draws upon an older story that the disciples didn't even know was a part of the celebration until now. And this is it. We see very early on that God gives his commands to his people and their responsibility as the people of God. We see this in Genesis 1 and 2, that they are to go into the world and they are to be fruitful and multiply. And they are to extend this kingdom of God wherever they go. So the, Adam and Eve were tasked with this. Go out, fill the earth, subdue it, bless it, Bring my kingdom to reign in all parts and all corners of this world. And we see just a few chapters later that, that as they are going out, uh, after the story of Noah and the flood, that, that, that as they are going out, they stop. They stop at a place and they look out and they say it's a good place and they decide, huh, what we're going to do is we're going to build a city here. And we are going to stop this going out so that we can build up, so that we can have great blessings in this place. And so they, they got really smart and they had great technology and they began to build up a city and they built up a tower especially so they could 
look over the, the, the plains of Shinar and see all the other people, and they would have to look up to them. And in doing so, they were going to build this tower with the express purpose of reaching to heaven themselves. They stopped. They didn't continue the process that God was calling them into to, to, to make his reign in every corner of the earth. And you know what God did. God shook their foundations. And because they were speaking one language and because they were making great progress in their sin in one language, he mixed up the languages and sent them out. And so that's the story of Babel. But Acts is the flip of that. What happens is now God comes down on his people and calls them together and they begin speaking in a language that each understands. Why is he doing that? He wants them to be able to understand, but it's for a purpose, for them to complete the commission that he gave them. Go into all the world and extend my kingdom. And I'm going to give you a common language so that you can go and do that. And so they begin to preach and people hear their own language and, and turn to Christ. And we see that thousands of people come to faith, those who are Jews and those who are not Jews, and they begin to, to have a new kind of world order. It flips Babel upside down. And instead, this is so beautiful, instead of building their way up to God, which all other religions teach, Pentecost is about the Spirit of God coming down and resting on his people, the grace of God. So there's much more to this harvest celebration, right? We got good tacos too, but I mean, this, this is the good stuff right here. Instead of hoarding, holding up, making a name for ourselves, we as the people of God are called to go out, expand, and expend our lives for the kingdom of God. Not to make a name for ourselves, but to bring the name of our Lord in all corners and crevices of this world. This is a good reason to celebrate. Can you imagine? The, you know, these people are, are pluckers. You know, this is how they're harvesting, like this, right? But then the Spirit of God comes. It's like a combine harvester driving through the streets of Jerusalem. <laughs> right? Like you, you wanted to harvest. Sit on this one. That's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has now come to indwell his people for our good, for our close communion with him, but also to give us power so that we might be the combine harvesters of the world. That we go out according to his gifting to each of us and we serve him in unique and precious ways to extend his kingdom. Are you, are you driving a harvester? Jesus said in John 16, 7, that he was going to go away so that he might send the comforter to them, send the spirit which would be better. That's hard to think about that, isn't it? Like, wouldn't you like to be hanging out with Jesus? I mean, wouldn't that be great if he was here today? Amen. 
But Jesus says, it's going to be even better for you if I send the Spirit. We need to continue to explore the better. So I don't want us to miss something here. Harvesters, in this harvest festival, we can get so busy with our lives we we forget to look around and see His provision. So let's not do that today. The Spirit is at work among us. At our Easter celebration, five souls were baptized. Since Easter, our attendance has grown 25%. We have leaders and hosts who are being trained so that they can lead gospel community groups. Today, we are, uh, we've identified deacons, and we're going to commission them for this combined harvester kind of work. Hamaray started, uh, within these last few weeks, started a new site of teaching pastors in Marsabit, and tomorrow we'll start another site in Tharaka. Amen. We have another, uh, we have a group that's going June 9th to Kenya to minister in the slums at a school there. Brenham Next has been with us for a few months now, sharing the love of Christ on our facility, in, in our facility with 60 or so kids. We're prepping for crossover basketball camp. We're prepping for jam. We have donations back there for our children's area that's just going to keep growing. God is at work here, brothers and sisters. Let's look around and appreciate. Thank you, Lord. That's Holy Spirit kind of work. Pentecost fans of flames for God's people both individually and for us as a whole. The harvest is plentiful. The Spirit was given for us to have a new heart, to know God personally and intimately. The Spirit was given that we would produce fruit of righteousness. The Spirit was given that we might be witnesses in His power, uniquely equipped for the work. So what is your part? What part are you going to play? My prayer for you, brothers and sisters, is you take some time even this week in light of Pentecost. Say, Lord, what what do you want me to do? Lord, fill me with your spirit. Anoint me afresh for the work that you've called me to do. And today, we're going to eat together in a few minutes. We're going to enjoy God's provision. So when you eat, I want you to not just savor tacos, but I want you to enjoy the Lord. Don't just put cilantro, but sprinkle a little spirit. When you look around, I want you to look at the people you're eating with, and I want you to enjoy them together. When you eat, even sneak a peek and see if you might see a tongue of fire. And ask the Lord of the harvest. What do you desire of me? We bless your name, Lord Jesus. Didn't abolish, fulfilled. And Lord, today we are complete in you. Reserved, spirit reserved us a place in heaven. Sealed us, deposit, guaranteeing. First Peter kind of stuff. So Lord, we look forward uh, to the, the end of all time. and We'll be with you. But we also look for this 
these fields of harvest you've given us. And we look forward to your provision and your work and your power. We pray that many souls would come to you, marriages would be healed, um, people would uh, be freed of addiction. Lord, they would have hope again. Their, 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 Their lives would be ordered by your word and their hearts be changed by your spirit. We ask for the miraculous, Lord, and we look for it. We praise your name. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.